0: Hello, and welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, we are discussing parentification, resistance, play, and the inner adolescent. I invite you to take a moment to center with me to get the most out of this episode. Let's take a few slow, full, deep breaths together. Inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth. Continue to breathe and center and pay attention to your feelings and body language during this episode. I know most people when they hear the term inner child, they cringe. Now, I want to help those of you struggling through healing trauma or healing chaos or neglect or just harsh vibes. I want to help you understand and push through your own resistance to inner child work. I'm also doing this episode for the therapists out there. I think as a tribe... We don't do a great job inspiring people to heal. Being able to show people what healing is and that it's a valuable road to walk even though it's a struggle, that's what makes us as therapists different than an encyclopedia of psychology. Being able to motivate and show what's possible is part of what invites our clients to tackle this deep, emotional, vulnerable, raw work to better their lives and to better the world. So I implore you, if you're a therapist that has your own issues around inner child work, you're going to have trouble holding space and holding healing for the inner child work of others. Now, most of us know the term inner child, and here I am throwing out inner adolescent If some of you are shaking your head, like, oh great, how many parts (laughs) do I have in there? Just take a deep breath into that, just notice it. HSPs who dismiss inner parts work are at risk of burnout, of inviting chaos, of feeling bitter, having dissatisfying friendships and relationships and careers, and we're at risk if we don't do inner child work, we're at risk of feeling a lifelong imposter syndrome when we resist this inner child work. Many HSPs report to me that they don't feel their age. They feel older or younger at different times. This is a sign that this work is calling you. I know in my own story, I would oscillate between feeling very old at times And then also very young at times. That's very confusing and exhausting to figure out internally and to explain to the people around that see those different expressions. I want to do this episode to help you get where you want to go faster. When I look back, my best guess is that I was probably into therapy for about 20 grand before my walls started coming down and I started allowing the inner child work that early healers in my life had presented to me. I felt so resistant to it, so awkward, so squirmy around talking to myself that way. It felt ridiculous. It felt childish. It felt stupid. I didn't understand why I had to do such work when the average person didn't seem to need that. It made me feel like something was really wrong with me. If I needed to do that work. What I've come to understand in my own story and in my work with others that I value so much. Y'all have been my greatest teachers as students and as clients. Even my undergrad in psychology and then a master's degree in counseling didn't explain the need for inner child work to me. So what I came to understand, what I understand now is that there is an inner adolescent part that resists that work. Now, how do you know you're in your inner adolescence? Now, my inner adolescent, if you tell me no, I want to double down, do it. That's a good old rebellious adolescent part. In healthy adolescence, we are meant to do a little rebellion. It pushes us out of our family nest. It makes us want to push away from the family system to leave the nest, to grow into ourselves. So that rebellion, that resistance to the family system, that's a very natural part of being a modern human. So in our psychological work, in our healing work, what happens to a lot of us on this seeker's path, a lot of HSPs who were born little old souls, is that we were parentified in our family systems. Now, what does that mean? That means that many children don't get a whole lot of freedom in childhood. Childhood in its purest idealism is about not having a lot of tasks. It's about exploring the world, having the time and the freedom to see a worm cross the pavement and to stop and maybe sit down and watch it and wonder. Those of us that were parentified didn't get a lot of that space and time. And our little kid nervous systems need that kind of slowness. We need that kind of blossoming. We need time to unfold. Parentified children are little mini adults. Often we're born to people who have low maturity, even if they have high love for us. They may not have emotionally matured in their own right. And what happens to an HSP little kiddo in that kind of family system is that we take on the adult responsibility that the chronological adults around us are not taking. So we often are fixing dinners and washing dishes and doing laundry and caring for our six siblings. We're walking to school. Some of you who have alcoholic parents, you have stories about driving cars home at 12 years old and 14 years old. While your parents are drunk in the back seat. Some of you were alone in your parentification. Your parents were out of the house. Maybe you had a single mom that worked a whole lot and left you to your own defenses. Some of you were even told how amazing it was that you could do all these things. Some of you potty trained yourselves, and it's a point of pride. Some of you did all of your homework with no parental help or intervention or assistance. Those very things that maybe made me strong and have strong work ethic and know that I can handle anything that crosses my path. Those are the silver linings of being parentified very young. We are capable and we know this. But often what happens is that we don't have enough space to have that natural childhood of unfolding. And it makes many of us have a stuck part of our psyche. It's why some of us melt down in a very childlike way when we're stressed or overwhelmed or we're angry or we're depleted or we're hungry. But if we didn't get what we needed in childhood, we often did not get what we needed in adolescence. And what happens when there's a stuck inner adolescent part is that we get stuck in some dysfunctional, rebellious behavior. We can roll our eyes at things that are healthy for us And we can allow things that are unhealthy, like someone screams shots at the bar. We can be all about that. Our inner adolescent goes straight for anything that's chaotic or impulsive or throws caution to the wind. Our inner adolescent rolls its eyes at healthy things. It can whine. It can blow up and lash out. It compares to others very negatively.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility, filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six-part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com.
0: If we were neglected, our inner adolescent may be very, very strong. Because in a sense, we raised ourselves. So here we are in adolescence, and all of a sudden, teachers and parents, maybe counseling advisors trying to get you into college or get you to finish high school, start to come tell us things. I vividly remember starting to shift into going from good girl to rebellious teenager and all of a sudden there were adults around me who had a lot of advice and I didn't understand it at the time but looking back and seeing this show up in my clients over the years it's a dynamic we don't often hear spoken that all of a sudden here comes some adults that give advice and our inner adolescent looks at those people and says excuse me I've been basically raising myself. You haven't been there for me when I have been hurt, when I have needed you, and now you want to come tell me some shit that you think is best for me? Screw you. I'll do what I want. That thinking, because that inner adolescent is wounded and sort of stuck in that developmental place, that resistance shows up in the therapeutic relationship. So when I, early in my own therapeutic process, would hear a healer say, Nikki, you really need to do some inner child work here. Guess who would show up? Not my healthy, wise woman part, like, oh, really? Because my healthy, wise woman would sound like this. Wait, you have something that might help me? I'll do anything that might help me. I could feel better. I could feel more grounded, more secure, safer, less anxious. Have healthier relationships. Hell yeah, I'll do that all day long. Tell me what to do. I'll try anything. That's not who shows up when we say inner child work, is it? Our inner adolescent does. My inner adolescent would fold her arms across her chest, roll her eyes internally and externally and think, what am I, like a baby? This is ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll talk about this shit with my healer, but I'm not going to go home and talk to myself. What a loser. And that's a sign. And maybe it's easier for you to see it in me and my story than in yourself, depending on where you are in your own journey. But that was a sign that I didn't know how to decipher. And early healers didn't know how to help me decipher it either. When we are nurtured, when we are little, when we are held, when we have a safe place to fall, being kind to ourselves internally, holding ourselves, giving ourselves grace, it doesn't feel as foreign. We don't push against it because we have some muscles with softness. We have received nurturing so we don't buck nurturing. So many of you out there are... Lengthening your healing process by giving in to the inner adolescent that resists healthy work. Can you feel your inner adolescent as I'm talking? Does your inner adolescent buck up, wanting to fight my words and my message? Or are you a little further on the path? Are you feeling an opening as I explain to your inner adolescent what's possible? because healing is possible for you. And don't get me wrong, I think in this self-development work, rebellion and avoidance get a bad rap. We need our rebellious parts, but we need our rebellious parts to rebel against dysfunction. We need our rebellious parts to rebel against what no longer serves us. We need our rebellious nature to help us rebel against stuckness, against digging our heels in. We need our rebellion to refute and step away from dysfunctional messaging that we have been taught in our families and in our different cultures, in our different religions that taught us dysfunctional things instead of healing things. We must face how this inner adolescent can self-sabotage To truly heal, we have to understand all that we are and learn to manage our inner parts so that they're working together in our greater good, our best interest to lift us up, to grow us up. When we do this work, we no longer have to feel like imposter adults. How many of you out there listening to my voice right now have an imposter syndrome about your career or about being an adult or about being a parent? That's a sign that you were called to some inner child work. Even if your inner adolescent is giving me the finger right now. And what I can prescribe for this work is more play and boundaries work. I want all of us to have stress-free freedom. To be carefree. Not careless to be in the body and silly and exuberant and expressive, but not recklessly wild. I want all of us to be able to play playfully versus playing games with ourselves or playing games with sobriety or playing control games with our partners and in relationships. I want us to grow up this inner adolescent that we can see at play in so many places. When you look at politics, when you look at what's happening if you work for a corporate company and your brain is just boggled by the ridiculousness, it's because you're seeing people's inner adolescence trying to be adults. When we grow that inner adolescent up, it's easy to be happy for others when good things happen to other people versus bitterly coveting the good fortune of others. I want everyone's adult self to be able to sexually explore without being sexually unsafe. To be able to channel positive adventure and challenge versus sliding into creating a life of chaos and stress and exhaustion. This is what is at risk when we don't heal the inner adolescent. I want you to know this healing is available to you and it's so worth it. I only knew how it felt to have those inner young parts show up and feel messy. I only knew that for a long time. I didn't know till I got there how it felt to be the age that I am. Letting go of that imposter syndrome is such a secure feeling. And I know it's what so many of you are craving in your own lives. So let's take a moment to take one more full deep breath and check in with that inner child and that inner adolescent. And maybe just for today to say, I'm sorry I've been ignoring you or pushing you away or trying to pretend like you don't exist. I'm learning how to take better care of my inner parts. I'm learning what it is to become whole. If you resonate with what I shared today. I invite you to come sign up for my boundaries course. This is the foundational work that sets the tone for all other healing. Learn more and sign up at emotionalbadass.com backslash boundaries. I am an emotional badass. You were an emotional badass. And together we are where Moxie meets mindful. Take care of yourselves, all of yourselves. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.